Ahoy, Buck fans! Are ye looking for a different kind of podcast that centers on the yellow-bellied opponents? Well, you've come to the right place. Get ready for an enjoyable, in-depth look back at the important moments, historical facts, and games for the Buccaneers against this week's opposition. It's the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com podcast network. Now, let's get started with your co-hosts, Jason Powers and Peter Blake. All right, welcome back to year two of the No Quarter Given podcast. Already, it is football season. We are in the heart of training camp. We're in week two of the NFL preseason. We're about uh, three weeks from Sunday away when we're recording this podcast from the Bucks kicking off Sunday night football in Dallas against the Dallas Cowboys. We are here t- this week. We're going to give you guys a great training camp edition of the No Quarter Given podcast. I am back for year two with my tag team partner, Mr. Peter Blake of the sports web welcome back mr blake for year number two i'm telling you it's about time right i mean it's football season everybody's been waiting for it it's been one of the craziest off seasons of all time with tom brady of course retiring and then coming back and then ba retiring and a new coach and all these moves and free agency around the nfl so let's get it started let's do it yeah, we've got some we got we got some big news around the league. The Deshaun Watson suspension finally adjudicated, and the reason that's relevant to the Buccaneers is the last game of his suspension is the game the Buccaneers played the Cleveland Browns that weekend, and he's eligible to come back the next day. So we're the we're game eleven of the suspension for Deshaun Watson. He got suspended eleven games, fined five million bucks. So we'll we'll be the last game to either see Jacoby Brissett. Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever else, whoever the hell else is quarterback in the Cleveland Browns at that point. So we're going to avoid Deshaun Watson, which is a uh, you know can be debated to be a good or bad thing. But we're gonna what we're gonna do tonight, folks, is we're gonna go through each position group on the on the roster, the the training camp roster. We're gonna tell you guys we think you know obviously there are lots of locks that we know are gonna make the team, but we're gonna try to bring up a name or two from each position group that we like. Maybe comes a guy comes out of nowhere, maybe to make the team. We're also, when we're done with our position groups, we are going to break down historically some unheralded guys that the Buccaneers have have either signed in training camp or draft undrafted free agents or late round draft picks that have made big impacts both for the Buccaneers and other teams in the NFL throughout their career. So we're going to take you back in the history books a little bit with some big name players that have made big impacts in the NFL and they started their career here as, as unheralded players with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're ready to go, Mr. Blake? I'm ready to go. I mean, this is what we do here on the No Quarter Given Podcast. We go through the history of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we never sleep. It doesn't matter what's going on, especially preseason. We'll give you the history of your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You and again, we want to thank uh, BuckPower.com for, for being our podcast host, Mr. Paul Stewart. You gonna go anything Buck history related stats, video, players. When did they play? How long did they play? Highlights. Go to buckpower.com. Your unofficial Buccaneer historical websites. Unbelievable how much work Paul puts into it. Paul's gonna be contributing to us on our week on our podcast throughout the year. He's gonna give us a little four or five minute, in his words, historical 
audio clips, things like that throughout the year. So we're going to have a new little feature this year as part of uh, the No Quarter Given podcast as we preview and, 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 and do a review of the Buccaneers last week opponent and this week's opponent. But Paul's going to provide us an awesome little four or five minute uh, re- historical review of who, who, who the Buccaneers opponent. So we're going to start it, kick it off with the Dallas Cowboys when we preview that, that, that game in week one. So let's get right to it. Let's start QBs, the, 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 the news of the week. Mr. Tom Brady's been on a little vacation. Sounds like a little family vacation with, with Giselle and the kids from what it sounds like. Um, interesting news coming out of Todd Bowles' uh, press conference today up in Nashville. He's not quite sure when Tom Brady's coming back. There was talk that he would be back right after the Tennessee game, i.e. Sunday or Monday of next week. Now there's a little bit of indecision of, we're not sure yet. We think he'll be back. Your general thoughts, Peter Blake. Uh, well, I don't know what to think. I mean, because I've been asked about this all day long when it got announced and I'm thinking, you know, is this a big deal? Does it become even more of a big deal if he doesn't show up? <laughs> and, you know, what's the time limit on this? And, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't think it was a really uh, a big time story because at the end of the day, it's Tom Brady. He's the greatest of all time. Do you really need him to play in any of these preseason games? Most likely not. But now you hear something totally different, so I'm really not sure what to think. I say at the end of the day, you know, he's the greatest of all time. It's Tom Brady. He's going to come back when he wants to come back. The Bucks know what's going on. They're a, an unbelievable organization. They had this planned out. It's maybe being made a, a, too much of a big deal at this right. juncture. I think you're going to see Brady by midweek next week. I, it, it, you know, he may not be there Monday, but I would guess by Wednesday or Thursday at the latest next week that you'll see Tom. It'll been a, you know, it will have been a solid two weeks that he's been away from the team. Whatever vacation they've probably, if they've had a pre prearranged family vacation, most of the time it lasts 10, 11 days. When you go on some, they might be out of the country for all we know. Who knows? But you know, obviously their kids got to go back to school too. So. I don't know if, again, they've got kids, so that school's starting here in the state of Florida, so they can't be gone too long. They're not going to be missing a bunch of schools, so who knows what the deal is, but I think by Wednesday. The Bradys, you know, the Bradys do whatever they want to. That's how it goes, but (laughs) I ask you this. If it goes longer than next week, then as a Bucs fan, you know, do you start to become a little bit concerned and say, well, maybe Brady is having, you know, second thoughts. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way Tom Brady pulls the rug on the Buccaneers at this stage. Right. That would be a major tarnish on him, his legacy. That he if he pulled the plug in a week before the regular season starts, says I'm retired. That would be bad, bad look for Tom Brady and his brand. I don't think there's any chance of him doing that. Well, what people will justify is they will say, well, you know, the Bucs have had all these injuries now to their offensive line, Ryan Jensen being gone. So nah. he may be concerned about the offensive line, but that doesn't make any sense. Even without Gronk and somewhat of a new offensive line at the end of the day, you still have weapons. You still recruited a Julio Jones. Right. Uh, you still had, you know, a Shaq Mason that's on the offensive line. You still asked Carlton Davis and Leonard Fournette to come back. So, it's not in the Tom Brady mindset, in my opinion. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think there's a lot of Bucks fans right now that are concerned about this situation. They want to watch it play out, and we're going to do that here on the No Quarter Given podcast. We're going to see how this plays out. Right. I think, you, like you said, you most likely you're right about this. It's going to be you know, uh, the middle of the week, and everybody's going to forget about this, or people are going to continue to harp on it because they want to have you know things to talk about 
in this offseason. Two questions I want to ask about the quarterback position. Yes. What do they do with what? What do we? What do the Buccaneers do with Ryan Griffin? He's the fourth guy, clearly the fourth guy. Gabbert's entrenched as the two. What do you do with Ryan Griffin? Do you release him? Do you try to trade him? Do you keep four quarterbacks? He's been around nine years now. Never played really a, a, a regular season down. Can you afford to waste a roster spot with a fourth quarterback? No, you cannot. And I was surprised uh, why he was on the team in the first place. But look, you know, this may go back to what was being talked about, that the Bucks knew that Tom Brady was going to be out for a while. So that's why right. you carry an extra quarterback. Maybe, and yep. The reason why you carry a Griffin is because he knows the offense at the end of the day. Now, is he going to get some, maybe some looks at look sees from other teams? That's certainly possible. I don't see him making the team. I would rather see Kyle Trask, Blaine Gabbard, especially Trask. The more reps you can get him, the more you can figure out if this man is the future quarterback of the Bucs. You got, and we had, if Bucks fans had to be encouraged by week one performance in the preseason by Trask, played pretty well. He Come made on. some mistakes, but right, he, right. but he showed some command, showed some poise. Got the Bucks in position at the end of the game for a field goal. I think you were encouraged if you were a Buck fan in year two with Kyle Trask. I think you were too, but not at first. I mean, the turnover, the ill-advised throw there to Rashard White, you can't have that happen. Yep. Either take the sack or get out of the pocket because he's got some mobility and throw the ball away. Easy uh, now. Right. Easy now. He ain't uh, Michael Vick. Easy he now. He ain't Michael Vick, but he's able to scale. <laughs> uh, you know, we we seen I got you. The pocket. You I know what you. I'm talking about. I know. I know you're being funny, man. There, and that's okay, Jason Powers, partner <laughs> of the world. Uh, and then the uh, sack. That's not his fault. That's an offensive line. That's a second or third string. But you're yep. exactly right. You got to like the moxie, if you will, of Mr. Trask stepping up in those situations, making some critical throws, even if they are versus second and third stringers yep. at the end of the day, which you want to see is progression and development. And that's what you saw last Saturday night versus the Miami Dolphins. All right, let's go to the running back position. I, I you know, we know Fournette's the guy. Um Rashad, Rashad White, they really like. He's gonna make this team, no doubt in my mind. The question is, what do you do with Keyshawn Vaughn and Gio Bernard? Do both guys make the roster? Does one guy make it? You really can't send Keyshawn Vaughn to the practice squad. He'll be gobbled up in a heartbeat. What do you do? I know Gio Bernard had a little injury in the first game. What do you do? Do you keep four running backs? Do you keep three? And of the three, which who's your third guy? Is it Vaughn or is it Bernard? I think it's going to be Vaughn at this point because he made an investment just a couple of years ago as a third-round pick. And yep. once again, they have some value there. Uh, Giovanni Bernard has not been able to stay healthy. I get it. He's a veteran presence, has shown flashes of brilliance, but you can't make a team if you're not available. And right, right. now he's injured. So I think they're going to go with the younger guys, but don't be surprised. They may keep four running backs just to get, uh, again, you know, figure out what they're going to do. But I, I believe they like white as the second guy as the third down option. And I also think, that they have a lot invested in a Keyshawn Vaughn. So I can't see Gio making this team unless, again, they want to keep four. And he's not healthy. So to me, it's pretty easy at this point. It's academic. Then on top of it, they signed uh, Patrick Laird uh, as a running yep. back. So yeah, right. They're, they're going to get a look. In, they're, again, they're going to look and see. They're going to figure out and evaluate right. what they have. But I think the guys you have to focus on, for me, you're exactly right. White. And Keyshawn Vaughn are the guys you're going to keep on this roster, in my opinion. And they're cheaper and younger. And the only only the only question you would have 
is, and again, you may see more Leonard Fournette on third down because pass protection. Sure. Third down pass protection is critical, for especially for Brady and the offensive line potential issues we're going to talk about. But third down back, that's where Geo kind of does a good job. But Rashad White's got really good hands out of the backfield too, so that may elim- that may eliminate Geo Bernard from the from the Buccaneer roster. So we'll see how that goes. And all I right. think that's the reason why you draft White in the first place because he can do all those things that Geo can do, and maybe he could do better than Avon because at the end of the day, you drafted Vaughn in the third round. He's supposed to be giving you what White can right now. Right. You kind of wonder, you know, is he are, are they kind of, you know, trying to push the buttons, if you will, of a Keyshawn Vaughn to push him to do better because they drafted White in the third round. So you have two third round running backs. Yep. One of those guys has to do a better job when it comes to pass protection and catching the ball consistently. And I know it's a small sample size, but what you saw from college and also on yep. Saturday night from White, it's pretty impressive. No, I agree. I think he showed a burst and all that stuff. All right, let's go to the wide receiver core. Locks to make it. Obviously, Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, Julio Jones. So that's four right there. At most, you're keeping six on the active roster at most. So that leaves guys that we need to talk about. Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, Brashard Perriman, Cyril Grayson, Jalen Darden. Which of those, I mean, who do you who do you prioritize of those five of those four or five guys that have the best opportunity to make it and stick? And you didn't even talk about Stearns. And didn't even well, we're going we're to get to that. We're going to get to them. But I'm just talking about the, the veteran guys that have got experience that, you know, all those guys are not making this roster. No, they're not. And it's a tough. It's a good problem to have if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and you like you have to like the way Tyler Johnson played the other night. So if he continues to play like that and the camp that he's playing, I think right. he's a spot on this team. I think the odd man out is Scotty Miller, and this is why. You draft Jalen Darden last year, what, in the fourth round? Right. He's got the same speed component. It looks like progressively he's gotten better in this second year of camp. Right. Scotty Miller still looks like he doesn't fit in this offense, although look. He's a one-trick pony. Right. One-trick pony. Right. I mean, there's potential there. You've seen it in game situations, but he's not putting it all together and at the end of the day, I think maybe Scotty Miller could be trade bait where they trade him and maybe get a pick or who knows, maybe get a backup center or get a player that can come in here and contribute and help this team win this year. This is one of the spot. This is probably one of the deepest rooms in the NFL. There's yeah. probably literally seven to eight NFL quality wide receivers in this room, in this room, and only five or six are going to make it. You know, you got Brashad Perriman. He, somebody will pick him up if they release him. Scotty Miller will get picked up. Tyler Johnson would get picked up in a heartbeat. I mean, Darden would probably get picked up as a kick return kind of slot guy. A couple of names I want to talk about that had really good week one performances that I think could be sleepers to make the team. Definitely the practice squad, but maybe in the active roster. Jarrett Stearns showed some really good flashes. Hands. I loved how he high-pointed that ball in the preseason for that touchdown. He's undersized, but he went up over that DB and high-pointed the ball, made a great catch on the uh, Kyle Trask behind you know back shoulder throw yeah no absolutely he's definitely got an opportunity to make the team even though like you said you know it's a filled room so if he continues to play like that then again this team is going to have some tough decisions uh to make and like you said they can put him on the practice squad but if he shows enough tape out there there are going to be teams that are going to be interested to put him on the roster right now so you know that's kind of the conundrum if you will 
with the evaluation when it comes to preseason, especially, you know, this wide receiving room. And, and, and say what you want. The Buccaneers, I know they're freewheeling when it comes to salary cap, but if, if there's a way that you could save a million and a half bucks by keeping a Stearns and letting Tyler Johnson go or a Scotty Miller, you might need those dollars down midseason for a Gronk, for a Sue potentially if, if you had an injury problem or somebody like that, a veteran guy that you needed some salary cap space midseason where you're going to have to keep some younger guys. You can't have everybody making a bunch of money. So, you know, Scotty Miller's in his fourth year, so he's at the peak of his rookie salary as far as fourth-year guy, Tyler Johnson, the same thing. You can replace him, get the same value out of Stearns, who's now on a first-year salary. If you can save a million bucks here and there, that opens up some salary cap room around the roster. It's a good point. And one of those wide receivers, if they can play special teams at the end of the day, that definitely gives them an advantage over everybody yep. else. Yeah, and I think I think Darden's advantage is he's probably going to be the kick returner. You want him to be the either the kick returner, maybe even the punt returner as well. So I think he's gonna. I think he's the most likely fifth guy to make it for sure. And if they, and the decision is whether they're going to keep six. And you know, to me, the decision probably comes down to Tyler Johnson and Stearns is probably the sixth guy. Wow, I think. Who do you like in that? You like Johnson or you like Stearns? I want to see more. I want to see the next two weeks, honestly. I want to see if Stearns can get off coverage playing against some of the better, you know, maybe this week they play, he plays against the number one or two corner. Let's see Stearns play a couple series against the one or twos and not the, not the threes. I like it. Okay. You're listening to the powers on, I mean, no quarter given podcast, not the powers on sports cut. That's another one. That that is I do. Another one. You're, a big <laughs> fan. You're always working. <laughs> Peter Blake and I are breaking down the Buccaneer roster. We're going through every position group. Let's get to tight end. The big loss in the offseason, Gronk, no longer a Buccaneer for now. Like you and I have talked about, I think you're going to see Gronk around Halloween, personally. But right now in the room, you got Cam Brate's going to make it, Kyle Rudolph, Kate Otten, the three automatics. The question is, do they keep a fourth guy? I don't think so. I think they keep three. Um, what do you what do you what are your thoughts on Kate Otten? I know we have short sample size. Yeah. Do you like Kate Otten, the the rookie? And then obviously. Kyle Rudolph, veteran guy. We know what he is. He's not Gronk, but he's a solid player. Team him up with Brait. What do you think of the tight end room? Yeah, I like the tight end room a lot. And there's a reason why you drafted two tight ends in this draft. Not only a Cade Otten, but a Cole Keith. Cole Keith. Keith. Right. Both of those guys can not only catch the ball, but they can also block. So I think there's certainly an opportunity there to keep four. Of course, you could always put one on the practice squad, but for me, I, I like what the tight end room uh, has right now. Cam Braid, of course, it's always about can he stay healthy? Can he be productive? Right. Uh, Rudolph, I'm just going to, you know, he played for the New York Giants. The Giants offense is terrible. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Furthermore, has he ever played with a good quarterback? So you look at his statistics, still, you know, pretty reasonable, not playing with great quarterbacks. Maybe Kirk Cousins. That's yep, about Kirk, it. Yep. So you finally get a chance to play with Brady. Uh, you can also block somewhat. I mean, I'm not going to compare him to Gronkowski, but that's the reason why you get yeah. a Rudolph in the first place. You want him to block. And then, of course, Otten and and uh, Keith. So, uh, yeah, I think they could keep four. I mean, at, at the end of the day, maybe they drop off uh, one of the draft picks. Kate Otten makes this team. The other guy, eh, Keith, maybe he maybe he's on the practice squad. I think Keith, I think Keith goes – they're not putting Otten on the practice squad. He would get no. – as a third-round pick, he'd get gobbled no. up. I think Keith's the guy that gets put on the practice squad. 
Um, you're going to keep three tight ends. And then obviously you still have the door wide open for Gronk at some point if he wants to make a move. And again, there'll be some injuries. And, you know, who knows? Like you said, Brayton Rudolph has, don't have the greatest injury history. So right. there's probably going to be an opportunity if, if Gronk wants to play. And if Gronk wants to play, they'll find a way to get Gronk on the roster. Somebody will be gone. They'll yeah. do something. So they're gonna, um, they're gonna figure out something. That's for sure. Yes, to be on this team, it'll be that much better. And uh, even coming back in Halloween or the middle of the season, if you will, he's still one of the premier tight ends in the league. He showed that last year statistically, and then on top of it, you know the percentage of plays uh, that he had in this offense. What was it like seventy-seven percent right. along the lines of that? So he's an integral part of this offense because not only of his pass catching skills, but also what he can do in the run game. And he can act as another tackle with his in uh, line blocking techniques. Absolutely not. Again, I don't think you'll see as much production out of this position as far as on the field, but again, run blocking, you'll, you, you need some help in the run game and specialized red zone stuff. That's where I think you'll see Rudolph. If he's going to make an impact, it's going to be inside the 10 yard line kind of guy. So, but uh, all right offensive line again this is an interesting this is probably the most interesting part of this roster that we got to get straightened out again no remember no ryan jensen they've not put him on ir yet but he's probably going to be on ir for probably at least eight nine weeks i would think at the minimum sounds like the injury's severe enough that it maybe isn't season ending but it's going to be significantly period of time donovan smith gonna make it stinny hainsey shaq mason tristan Wirfs. Those are your, probably your five starters. Then you got backups. Let's talk about the. You typically keep eight eight active offensive linemen. You typically keep another couple on the on the on the roster. So you the question is, do you keep Josh Wells backup? You got the draft pick Luke Gedeke. He's gonna make it. Yep. Okay. You got Nick Leverett. He's gonna make it because of his versatility, guard and center. And then you got a kid, John Mulkin. He got a lot of run at center last week. Does he, do they keep him around because of his versatility? What are your thoughts on the backup offensive linemen? I think you got to keep as many offensive linemen as possible because you do have some injuries. In fact, you had an injury today. Tristan Worfs went out with a core injury. So, you okay. know, those can be lingering. And and th that's probably the worst offensive lineman you can lose on this line. Yes. So you're kind of worried about that. So to answer your question at this point, I think you're going to keep as many offensive linemen until it becomes, you know, known what they're going to do with Jensen. Most likely they're going to release Jensen. I'm worried about Worfs. Okay. I, again, I, again, we're recording this the Thursday night of the Buccaneers Titans practices in, in Nashville. So yeah, that's yeah. again, we don't know what the status of obviously worse won't play Saturday night, but uh, we don't know what the status of Worfs injury is. So we'll see how that goes. This is a position I could definitely see the Buccaneers making a couple roster moves when the when the all the other teams around the league cut their rosters down. This could be this this is where you could see a veteran lineman or two get brought in for some flexibility, maybe people that are familiar with the Bruce Arian system, maybe former Arizona guys, you never know, guys like that that have some familiarity with Tom Brady. Um so I could definitely see the Bucks making a move or two on the on the uh, after rosters are cut down from 90 to 53. Who do you think makes that or, or that offensive line, the left guard situation? Who do you think wins out? And there's a kid that we, I think we've kind of forgotten about, and I'm trying to think of who it is. It's in practice. It's been sh really showing out. Okay. Uh, for them. And you got Sedari. You got other names: Sedarius Hutcherson, Brandon Walton, Brandon Dylan Walton. Cook, 
that's the name right there that everybody's kind of been surprised by. Is that a name where you would keep him because you do have a Tristan Worse injury and because your offensive line does have some depth issues? If he starts to, if he if, continues to play well, not only in practice, yeah. but also in game situations, is that a person or a player that you would keep? Again, you're going to see a lot of him these next two weeks to know if he can handle the NFL light, the NFL job as the position they're going to put them at. And again, I think this, these are the kind of spots where you get undrafted guys that make it. We're going to talk about some offensive linemen that have made it in the Bucks history, had great careers that have been undrafted guys. So we're going to, we're going to talk about that, but you know, if they really like him, definitely a practice squad guy for sure, but you never know. He could make the active roster. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, just, you never know in the national football league, not for long. You All right. This sucks. I mean, I think that is such a compelling story. People, don't watch it, but to me, it's compelling because there's always a guy that you least expect yeah. to make the team, and then you're following the other players around and you know hoping that they make the team. I, I think it's such a well-done uh, deal by the National Football League. I yeah. always enjoy that. People say, ah, I hate preseason. I like preseason because you kind of evaluate, and you never know. There's a player that kind of sticks out that's not a high draft pick. That can't that's right. And I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later. I'm just saying it. I mean, there have been hall. There have been probably more Hall of Famers come out of the fourth and fifth round than first rounders or second round. I mean, so many Hall of Famers over the years have been third, fourth, fifth round draft picks. Undrafted guys have made the. I mean, so it's 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 not about where you're drafted. It's about what you do with your opportunity. You're exactly right. And I remember the Seattle Seahawks with their quarterback situation. They paid the guy out of Matt Flynn, LSU. <laughs> Green Bay, they paid him a big-time contract, and then you draft Russell Wilson in the third round. Yep. And then Russell Wilson is – You're going to be a Hall of Famer probably. Right, your starting quarterback and goes on to the next couple of years, take you to the playoffs, win a Super Bowl. Uh, of course, you know, on the strength of the defense and Marshawn Lynch, but still playing well. But who saw that happening in the preseason, a third-round quarterback? I mean, it, it's just it, – it's really – it was unheard of back then and, and still kind of unheard of these days unless – you're a bad team and you want to throw a guy right to the fire right away. All right, let's talk before we get to the defense. Let's talk special teams. My wheelhouse. You know me, I love the kickers and the punters, man. Oh, right. we got some talk. To, we get we got some talking to do here cuz I I had to get your thoughts about Saturday night. Okay, we're going to Okay, so let's let's start Jake Camarda, drafted punter out of Georgia, I think in the 4th round. You know, they've got rid of Pinion, which we talked about Pinion didn't have a very good year last year. They're going to save a bunch of money on the salary cap with Pinion. Uh, to go to Camarda, you know, Camarda had a shaky start, but then he punted better later in the game. Again, he's a rookie punter. Is he going to, is he going to kick the ball 50 yards every time? No, but you want consistency. You want to, you know, salary cap wise, you want an inexpensive punter that doesn't kill you good. He's a kickoff guy too. So that take that takes off the pressure off a of suck up or Borgalis, and then he can hold too. So I think he's going to be a, he, he'll be fine. Will he have some ups and downs as, as a rookie punter? Like they all do. So um, most of them do at least. So I'm not worried about Camarda. Again, um, be consistent. Don't drop the ball. Do what you're supposed to do, holding the ball, and be a good kickoff guy. No, I agree. And, again, he had a rough start, but you, you, it's not how you start. It's how you finish. And, of course, he is going to be the starting punter for this team. You don't draft a guy in the fourth round to sit right. on the bench or be behind Bradley Pinion. Of course, Pinion is no longer a part of this team, and it comes down to, you know, field advantage and, and, and field position. Yep. That's so important for a uh, defense uh, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they felt like they were lacking. So I understand it. Hopefully it pays off. 
Yep. Uh, but yeah. here's a here's a sneaky thing about Camarda. Yes. He had a tremendous baseball career as a high school kid. Great athlete, can run, can move. Don't be surprised if the Buccaneers run a fake punt with him throwing the ball because of his baseball background. So again, that just gives you one more versatility to be able to do something like that. If you decide to run a trick play with the punt team, he's got the athleticism to run or throw based on his background. Or maybe sign with the Tampa Bay Rays because they have so many entries. <laughs> the there you, you know. go. He'll, he'll fit right in with Stu Sternberg. Keep oh, it cheap. cheap. Keep it cheap, baby. Keep it cheap. There you go. Exactly. See, we've, we've solved the Rays problems. We're solving <laughs> all the Bucks problems and everything like that. I mean, and this is what you get here on the No Quarter Given podcast on the BuckPower.com right. uh, network. All right, let's talk place kicker. Yeah. There was a real opportunity, in my opinion, for Borgales to put some pressure on Suckup if he'd have made the game winner Saturday night against the Dolphins. Got a big leg. We know, you know, he had a big career at, at Miami and FIU, strong leg. The Bucks like him. He's got a much stronger leg than, than suck up. But ultimately, are you going to put a championship team on the leg of a rookie kicker who the one time he's had an opportunity to kick a game winner came up woefully bad? Not a good kick. It's not like he was a good kick that, that just missed. It was, and trust me, from a guy that is, was a former kicker, even though that ball hit the upright, that was a horrendous kick at the most pressurized time. Agree. And I've heard from uh, a good buddy uh, by the name of J.C. Allen, a pewter report, who said he's done this in practice. He's had some good practices, but when he's missed, he's missed off the uprights. Bad. Unless so, he gives you an advantage with his foot. But, you know, the Bucks have been down this road before, right? I yes. mean, they've had kickers that, you know, have great – leg strength and it doesn't always work out you know why because they're not accurate so to your point i think it's going to be very tough to beat out a ryan Suckup. but if this kid kicks lights out and he gives them an advantage well, who knows? Uh, he may i, make, I, I think that was i think that was his opportunity saturday night really? to put a lot of pressure on suck he's done i don't know if he's done i don't think he's going to beat him out i think he can he might they might keep him on the practice squad potentially right. Right. but I coach kickers, high school kids, and I tell them all, it ain't about how long, it ain't, sure, if you have a strong leg, that's great, but it ain't about strong leg, and I'm going to give the, the viewers that are watching us on the uh, YouTube channel, the only thing that matters is when the referee does this. Right. They don't care that it, you can kick at 75 yards, which he was claiming he could make a 75-yard field goal on the broadcast, on the preseason broadcast. It's about the referee putting his hands up and not across his body for no good at the, at the, at the money time. You being a coach of kickers, what did he do wrong on that kick, in your opinion? Bad swing, and it's pressure. Pressure. It's it's easy. I don't say it's easy. It's much easier to kick balls when you're at practice, when there's nothing on the line. But when there's forty thousand people in a preseason game and it's the last play of the game, that's pressure. It's not the same pressure as the second quarter. He roped a fifty-four yarder, which was a nice kick, but that wasn't for the, all the marbles. When all the marbles are on the line in the fourth quarter, Suckup has a very good history of making them. I'm convinced. You convinced. And the and the Buccaneers cannot risk losing a game or two this year by a by a rookie kicker. Oh, I agree. Because we've seen again, we've seen that before. I mean, it's the curse of Matt Bryant, right? And then you get Ryan Suckup, who He's, you know, his accuracy went down last year. Yep. He had a phenomenal year in their Super Bowl, uh, you know, uh, journey, but. And I would say this, 
would it shock me if the Bucks cut suck up and signed another guy, a veteran guy that got cut somewhere else? No, I, I mean, there's, I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing suck up is going to be the guy. But what what I like about suck up is you know from probably 48 yards and in, he's pretty solid. He, sure, he's going to miss a kick here and there, yes, but he's got a history of making kicks and especially late fourth quarter kind of kicks that you got to have. Is that where the Bucks are looking at this point, Jason? Is because he is so limited with his range that they're looking to potentially. Right. I think if Borgallis would have crushed that ball game winner Saturday night and had a great preseason, you'd have had more confidence in potentially rolling the dice with him. But missing that kick the way he does did, I don't think he's going to make it as far as on the active roster. I think they'll keep him on the practice squad because I don't know if anybody else is going to pick him up immediately. But I think he'll be a valuable guy to have in case Suckup gets hurt or struggles uh, during the year. So that's that's where I see the kicking situation going. Good point. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to be right back just a minute with the defense. We're, we're on the No Quarter Given podcast, part of the BuckPower.com podcast network, and we're going to be right back in just a minute to go over all things defense and the best undrafted and late-round draft picks in Bucks history. We'll be right back. Back to the No Quarter Given podcast in just a moment, Buck fans. Want to let you know we've got a new set of college football podcasts that are coming out under the umbrella of the College Football Coast to Coast podcast platform. Check out all of our podcasts on a weekly basis. We're going to have podcasts from all over the country covering the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, all things Florida college football, the Pac-12, Notre Dame, and even your favorite service academy. We're going to have writers, analysts, breaking down all the storylines from last week's games and previewing the upcoming week's games throughout the college football season. So check out the college football coast-to-coast platform and subscribe, rate, and review to your favorite podcast. Are you ready to profit this college football and NFL season? Do you need picks to make with your sports gambling outlet? Reach out to 813-542-7559. Picks to Profits offer a flat monthly fee of $100. You will get at least six picks every week for $100 a month. One flat fee, no excuses, no extra fees involved. Picks will be emailed and texted to you on game day, whether it's a Thursday night, Saturday, Sunday, or even Monday night. Those picks will be texted straight to your device via text message and email. Let us do the work while you profit. Picks to profit, 813-542-7559. Now a word from Titan Home Lending. Are you in the market for a new home as a first-time home buyer? Do you want to upsize your current living situation or maybe even downsize? The kids are gone. You want to downsize to a condo, townhouse, or a smaller home? Reach out to me at Titan Home Lending. You need an FHA loan, a VA loan conventional loan, a jumbo loan, even a bank statement loan for you self-employed business owners out there. Reach out, Titan Home Lending. Anywhere in the state of Florida, I can help you. From Key West to Pensacola to Orlando and everywhere in between, whether it's a primary residence, a secondary home, or even an investment property, I can help you get financed and get approved. So reach out to Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending, 205 Seven nine zero one four zero four. All right, welcome back. No quarter given podcast. I'm Jason Peter. We're here in Tampa, 
We're giving you a full training camp breakdown. We've just gone over the offense and special teams. We're going to go over defense, and then we're, I'm going to, we're also going to talk about the coaching. we got a new coach we got to talk about to yeah. see if he's up for the task for his second go-around. Let's, actually, let's get to the coaching right now, Peter Blake. Okay. Your thoughts on – what was your thoughts, Todd Bowles versus Byron Leftwich in the offseason when there was rumblings about Bruce Arians retiring? Did, did, you, did they go the way you would have liked them to go? There was obviously – Leftwich was in the mix with the Jaguars. Bowles was in the mix with the Vikings. How, what, how do you think the Bucks handled that coaching search? I mean, for me, I thought it was going to be Byron Leftwich because he's an offensive coach, and that's what you see around the National Football League. But with that being said, with the way Todd Bowles has made this defense, remade the defense, the statistics support that, how they've improved uh, overnight, I don't hold that you know record against him with the New York Jets. The Jets stink. Uh, just in the season – I'm willing to give him a chance. I was yeah. going to go with Byron Leftwich because he's an offensive coach. Again, that's what the NFL has done. You don't want to lose him, of course. But at the end of the day, Todd Bowles seems like the most sensible choice. And I like his energy. And I think because he is a defensive-minded coach that they may scale back the offense just a little bit and try to run the ball and have that mentality of being more balanced, if that makes sense. No, I agree. I mean, one thing I want to see Todd do, game management. One thing that makes me a little nervous is I don't know if I love him. I mean, I know he's going to do it, but him calling the defense, every defensive play, that takes away some of your focus from the game management part of things. Do you go for it on fourth down? Do you run a trick play? Do you do the things that a head coach has got to make decisions on? Do you challenge something? When do you use your timeout? Those kind of things. That's the only thing that makes me a little nervous. Again, he's overly qualified to do it. And again, I want to see him get better at that in his second go around as a head coach. No, absolutely. And, you know, you can't go wrong with Tom Brady and the team that is around him. And, of course, this defense made in his image, if you will. So they're going to have co-defensive coordinators. Of course, he's going to have a say in it. And you're exactly right. We've seen, you know, coordinators before in the past fail because, you know, it, it may be easy to be a coordinator and be able to run a defense, but it's a whole different animal when you're a head coach and you have to do this and do that and things that you didn't have to worry about. So that is going to be interesting to see throughout the season and what the drop-off is, or possibly the Bucks could actually be better with Todd Bowles as crazy as that sounds. And the other part of this is he has to handle the media. How do you, how do you manage the Tom Brady? If he, if Tom Brady's gone another week handling that kind of stuff, whether it's injuries, whether it's locker room strife, there's could be, you know, egos, personalities, the Bucks have a lot of star players on offense. Is Julio Jones going to be satisfied with getting two targets? Is, you know, those kind of things that come up that we don't, a lot of times we as fans in the media don't maybe don't hear about a whole lot that he's got to manage those things on the interior inside of that lo locker room. Yeah, that's why I found it comical that everybody was like, you know, B.A., good thing he's gone. He, he's over the hill. That coach was tremendous. He gave this offense, this team, their personality, and for him to handle all those personalities. And I think coaches don't necessarily get as much credit as they deserve. You know, you yep. look back in the annals of time with the Phil Jackson, people say, well, you know, he had Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman, but he had to, you know, collectively – uh, manage those personalities. You had Kobe Bryant in check, but you have to manage those. So uh, you, you have to be really good or really great at your job in order to do that. I don't think B.A. got enough credit. And again, we're going to see what Todd Bowles and the rest of this coaching staff can do this year because all the pressure is there. 
It most likely is Tom Brady's last year. And he's going to have a lot of personalities to manage, namely Mr. Brady himself. And remember, Bruce, Bruce Aarons is still involved. He's in the helping the front office. And here's the other sneaky part of the, being the head coach. You, along with the GM, along with Bruce Arians, have to make some of these tough roster decisions at the bottom of the roster. Do you keep Todd, Scotty Miller versus Jarrett Stearns? Do you keep Suckup versus Borgallis? Do you make a move? Do you keep Ryan Griffin? Those are tricky little roster moves that you got to manage. And it's not all Jason Light. It's going to be input from Todd Bowles. Maybe he didn't have as much input last year at the D.C. He's going to be the main input guy, along with Bruce Arians and Jason Light. Yeah, and I trust in the organization. I trust in line, and I, I trust in going forward that they know what they're doing. But it's, again, it's a, it's a wrinkle that wasn't there last year and now is there. So, it, All right, let's get, to the, let's get to the defensive line. Yes. Akeem Hicks going to make it. Vita Vea going to make it. Golston going to make it. Logan Hall going to make it. Raheem Nunez-Roach is probably going to make it, most likely. Joe Tryon-Shoyinka going to make it. So that's six right there. Patrick O'Connor, probably going to make it. He's He's been a solid backup. A very sneaky move the Bucks made yesterday brought back Carl Natson. He had a very good year in 2019 under Todd Bowles at defensive end. Shaq Barrett's also, I mean, it's part of that defense. I like the, I like the Nassib pickup. The only reason Nassib left before was because of the contract. You, the Bucs weren't going to pay him that much money. You're getting Nassib at a cheap contract. You know, he can be a perfect role player. Anthony Nelson's going to be another guy who they're going to lean on. So that's six, seven guys. They typically keep, what, eight defensive linemen active most weeks. So that's seven out of eight. The question of the, of the day is Cam Gill got hurt. That was a guy they really liked. He hurt. He had a, he's got a Liz Frank injury. Those don't heal in a week or two. That's usually a prolonged recovery time. What are your thoughts about the D-line? Yeah, I mean, you had to sign Nassib in the first place because, like you said, it was disappointing because Gill was starting to show some flashes of brilliance, all right? I mean, he had a sack in the Super Bowl versus Patrick Mahomes. He showed something on Saturday night, and then all of a sudden he gets hurt. So you had a need there. Uh, is there a possibility that if you have another injury, knock on wood, that you could go out and get a JPP or you go out and get a D Ford or somebody like that? Yeah. Certainly. And that's the reason why your point is very astute on the last segment with the offense is where you could get rid of a wide receiver like a Tyler Johnson or a Scotty Miller to save that extra one or two million dollars so you can help that defense line yep. out. Because at the end of the day, you know, there's two things you need in the National Football League to win. You need a quarterback and you need somebody who can get after the quarterback. And if you have to start dealing with uh, depth issues, uh, then you're going to have to su you know, supplement that in some way. Yep. And that's how you do it. So I I'm wondering what they do at that point. Hopefully they don't have another injury. And Anthony Nelson, you know, he's going to be counted on a lot. Yes. You know, in the same mold as Nassib, if you will. Same type of guy. Six Rotational four, guy. Uh, yep. You know, very deceptive. Not necessarily fast or athletic, but, you know, quick twitch. Tall. He's tall. He's six, tall. six. What I what I what what I like about Nelson is he's gotten better every year. He's not going to be ever be a superstar, but he's gotten incrementally better every year. He's a great rotational guy. Same with a guy like Patrick O'Connor. Golston's another ro great rotational guy. Never going to be a star, but you got to have those gutty, gritty guys on the defensive line that can hold their own and, and not get killed in the run game. I've heard of another guy, Elijah Ponder. 
You know, that's a name that I, I talked to a pass rushing coach who's worked with him. He's cut down weight. Uh, that may be a player that you least expect makes the line because you have injuries and because he shows out. I mean, that's the reason why preseason is so important. It's not for the guys you already know are going to make this team. Right. It's the guys that you necessarily don't. And that's the the great thing with uh, with this uh, with this shortened uh, preseason with three games. You you get a chance to evaluate those guys. Absolutely. All right. Let's go to the let's go to the linebackers. We talked about Shaq Barrett more defensive line, but he's he's technically considered a linebacker. We're not going. We know Shaq Barrett's good. Nelson's good. Let's talk about the inside linebacker positions. Devin White, Levante David, or Locks. Obviously, KJ Britt's probably going to make it. Um, the decisions probably have to come down to what Grant Stewart, you got JJ Russell, you got Fudukasi, which of those guys can be special teams demons for you potentially could play as a backup linebacker. If you had an injury problem, which of those guys do you like? I, I like Grant Stewart because, uh, the guy is a special teams demon. He's played well. Uh, I think he makes this team. Uh, if he continues to put that effort out there, of course, you, you talk about how do you pronounce his name again? Ola Kunle Fadukasi, I think. God bless you. I think. He was impressive on Saturday night. Yeah. So if he keeps on having those type of performances, then those are the type of tough decisions that you're going to have to make. Practice uh, squad, probably a guy like him. Right. That you can keep on the practice squad unless he just completely blows up in the preseason. And then you then you have to make, then you got a decision to make. But KJ Britt, they like. He was a draft pick a couple years ago. Stewart was a late round draft pick. Again, J.J. Russell's in the mix. Your guy, Elijah Ponder. So, again, this this is another spot of the roster where you could see a guy come out of nowhere and make it kind of deal. And that's the weird thing about it. I thought Ponder was a defensive lineman. He actually started out, I believe, as a defensive tackle, but he got his body in shape to now he's a linebacker. So maybe he makes the team because of the versatility, right? He can play defensive line. He can also play uh, linebacker. But – I, I I like Grant Stewart in this point. At there this you point. go. Again, we hope we as fans obviously hope that Shaq and I mean not Shaq but Levante and Devin, we don't need backups. Hopefully they're playing ninety percent of the plays. Yes. You know, but obviously Levante's getting a little older. He had a, he had an injury issue last year. Those tend to pop up when you're 32, 33, and you've taken as much wear and tear as he has over the years. Would we all agree, uh, even with the Levante David at 60%, that's not necessarily a good thing for Devin White because his game kind of took a step back. So right. you need each other. You need Devin White to play better than he did last year, whether David is healthy or not. But Correct. for his game, he's got to work on that. Uh, but, yes, you've got to have both of those linebackers uh, on this roster, you can't have any injuries because that definitely weakens your defense. And I and I heard an interview with Devin White early in the preseason. He really is focusing on his zone coverage. You know, we know how athletic he is. He gets in trouble when he overruns plays, when he tries to read too much into it. Right. Play your zone. If we're playing a zone defense, play your zone. Don't try to do Levante's job. Don't try to don't try to be the the hero in the room to intercept that ball. Do your job. We know you can cover guys man-to-man, but zone defensively is where he struggled that we need him to – again, and he understands that too. I'll give him credit. He understood, hey, I need to be better in zone coverage schemes. Yeah, absolutely. you got to play a lot better. you got to do your job. It goes back to what? Tony Dungy it goes back to the New England Patriots. Do your job. You do your job. Stop trying to do everybody else's job. Yep. If you do your job, everybody else gets better. And once again – White has to be one of those players this year that steps up, 
that makes that defense return to prominence, in my opinion. Because guess what? He's in year four. He's yeah. going to want to get paid at the end of this year. Uh, he's, he's, and they're going to pay him. He's right. going to get paid unless he falls off the off the cliff. He's going to get paid, but you know, do you got like you said, do your job. Be an All Pro. We we need Devin White to be a Pro Bowl linebacker. Not good. We need Devin White to be a Pro Bowl kind of player. You need to have him be the player that was in the Saints game where yeah. he basically took over, not only with his tackling ability, but his athleticism where he's jumping plays, where he has interceptions, where he is making a difference. Look, you want to be a $100 million linebacker, which was the rumor coming out when he was drafted out of LSU. That's the way to go. And you can you can make that decision very easy. For this Bucks organization, if you become elite, and that's the next step in Devin White's uh, progression. I agree. I agree. Let's go to the secondary. Let's start at safety first before we get to the corners. Yeah. You got Winfield. You got Mike Edwards. You got Logan Ryan. You have Keanu Neal, who's now injured, so that's not a good sign. Hurt. You got Chris Cooper. You got Nolan Turner, Troy Warner. And you also have Ross Cockrell. You're probably going to keep four safeties on the active roster. Uh-huh. Winfield. Huh? Ross Cockerell anymore. They cut him. Oh, my bad. Okay. I, that's why he's uh, not on my uh, depth chart. Uh, 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 hey, listen. It, this is the reason why we do this. And I think to to a man, that was kind of surprising, right? Ross Cockerell off this team. And of course, they, you know, they had to make some room uh for Nassib. So now does it make does this make this situation a little bit easier because you, you you're done with Ross Cockerell and now well, he, he might he might be back now that Keanu Neal's injured. He might be coming back. Well, that was the big thing about Neil. He could, he can never stay, stay healthy. Jason Powers, right? First round pick, all the potential in the world can never stay healthy. Yep. And here we are again, and I get it. The injury bug has hit the Bucks here early. A good thing it's early, not during the season. Of course, middle of the season or the postseason, like it did last year. Yeah, that's that's kind of disappointing. They can't can't control it, but it makes uh, makes decisions a little bit harder, I guess. And this is another spot where I could see the Buccaneers during the after the cutdown that they could find a veteran safety that's played elsewhere who maybe has some experience with bowls, maybe with the you know a Jets kind of guy. You never know who gets released from a salary cap perspective, where they could bring him in, uh, another guy in as the fourth safety because I think they love they love Logan Ryan. I think he's going to be a fantastic. Safety for the Buccaneers. He can play. He can play the slot if he needs to. He can play some corner. He and I, I think personally, Ryan and Winfield would be the best safeties. I'm not the biggest Mike Edwards fan, but I know he's listed as the starter currently. I'd love to see Logan Ryan and Winfield start opening day. And I thought it was going to be Winfield and Neal as your starting safeties. You play Logan Ryan as a slot, or you have all three safeties on the field at the same time. Don't be surprised if that happens. But once again, if Neal can't stay healthy. Yeah, then then you got to go to Mike Edwards, and he didn't play particularly well uh, last year. That's the reason why you're going out in free agency and addressing it and getting a Logan Ryan and a Keanu Neal in the first place. I mean, Neal, Neal from everything, I, from what I heard, he's out at least through the preseason, so that's not a good sign. So, that, again, would it shock me if they cut Keanu Neal? No, it wouldn't shock me. Again, I don't know what – depending on what his injury is. It wouldn't shock me, though, if they were able to upgrade that after the cutdowns by another safety around the league somewhere that gets released. So that's a spot to be on the lookout for. It's a good point. You hope that he plays against his former team and the Dallas Cowboys who tried to switch him out to linebacker, which right. didn't necessarily work out. So, all right. Yep. No, you're right. That's It'd be interesting. interesting. So, all right, let's get to the corners. 
Again, to me, this is the corner could be the spot on the defense that if they if these guys play well, we're a championship roster. Gotta stay healthy. I mean, yeah, <laughs> when it comes down to last year, you didn't play a game for the majority of the season. Most of your depth, you're depending on, you know, Richard Sherman. Right. And, right. Uh, the, what was the kid's name from the Colts? Uh, uh, Desir. Desir. Yeah, Pierre Desir. I mean, that's not. Yeah players you want to depend on at that moment so you're exactly right you got so we got murphy bunning we got carlton davis who resigned he's obviously a lock jamel dean so M murphy bunning and jamel dean last year their contract so again they're playing for their supper so to speak contract year so you expect to get and you know, again fourth year in the defense you expect this to be the if they're ever going to peak this is the time to do it you know those three guys are solid you got obviously logan ryan who can play some corner they draft a kid, Zion McCollum, who they love in the fifth round. Long, can run. He may not be ready for prime time to be a contributor immediately, but they really like the Zion McCollum. Yeah, they really like him, and I think that's the reason why you, you cut a Ross Cockrell because uh, you draft him, you see potential, although uh, he had some rough moments the other night, and that's uh, you know that's life in the NFL as a cornerback. you got to forget very quickly, but I also believe he's banged up. Uh, with a hamstring injury, so yeah, and you got I, D, and you got you got a guy who played a little bit last year, showed some signs. D Delaney, he'll he, if he makes it, he'll probably be the fifth corner kind of guy, where he special teamer, emergency corner kind of guy. But he knows the system; he's been around. He showed some moments. He made some plays last year, so I think Delaney probably will make it. If not the practice squad, I would be be pretty confident D, D Delaney makes makes it one 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 way or the other. Yeah, I agree with you on that. All right. Any other big, what, any other pivot points on the roster that you think, you know, again, give me a guy that's, who's the one, who's the one guy on defense that's irreplaceable. Meaning if he gets hurt, we're in trouble. Uh, uh, Vita Vea. And I don't think he's going to play in this preseason, but he's such a big time cog to this defensive line. Yep. Moved on from a Dominican Sioux. Uh, there's a reason why you did that because Vita Vea is now he is the present. And then you also add Akeem Hicks. So losing a Vita Vea is definitely a major loss. We talked about Levante David and his importance. I would have to say also JTS, Joe Tryon, Shyanka, because okay. you're already down with Cam Gill. You signed NASA, but get it. He knows your defense, but you can't afford to lose pass rushers. Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Shaq Barrett. Because okay. he's the guy that draws the attention by the by the offensive line. Okay. The attention of Vita Vea and 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 uh, Shaq Barrett is what's going to allow Joe Tryon Shoyinka to get the one on one opportunities. Hakeem Hicks the one on one opportunity because Barrett and Vita are getting doubled most of the time, and you can't double them all. No, you can't, and especially with those two big guys in the middle, it's supposed to free up those outside right players and. You like to see more out of Shaq Barrett, right? He needs to take that next step. I think maybe he does that. I don't know if he repeats what he did three years ago. Of course, twelve to tw we need we need twelve to fifteen sacks. Seriously, right, right. you right. don't need twenty. We're not looking for twenty. That's sure. a, that's an all time career. We're looking for solid twelve to fifteen sacks, consistent pressure. Again, allow allow. Shoyinka to get one-on-one -on -one coverage. That way we'll see what he's about. And that also opens up the blitz lanes for Devin White and Levante to blitz. And also you need to see JTS more, not only as a pass rusher, but also play the run. Because yep. we heard about that in the offseason. Can he take his game 
uh, to the next level because you moved on from JPP, and there's a reason. You want to see what this kid can do. He's a first-round pick last year, so it's time to do it, kid. And, I, and again, another guy that I think is going to be a sneaky, good good acquisition here. I think Nassib has shown the ability to rush the passer. In 19, he and Shaq Barrett were pretty damn good off coming off the edge together. Sure they were. I think sure if Nassib still has it in the tank, again, he's three years older, I get it, but if he still has it, I think he could be a sneaky guy that could be some rotational pressure for the Buccaneers. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're absolutely correct about that. And then again, you mentioned Anthony Nelson. What's gonna, what's Anthony Nelson going to do this year? Fourth round pick. Right. Again, in the NASA mold, can he take the next step? To right. So some questions here. Very interesting storylines with this Bucks team. It's not all about offense. It's about defense. And this defense, once again, needs to return to what they were in that Super Bowl year, in my and, opinion. And one more question. And one thing I forgot to mention on the offense, we need to talk about this. Sure. The center position. Are you are you convinced Hainsey can be the guy, or do you think they potentially go out and maybe bring in a J.C. Treader, a guy like that? Or do you think they're, they're sold on either Leverett or Hainsey at center? I'm not sure. It depends on how he plays in the preseason. We've heard, you know, again, mixed bag and practice, everything else. Don't be surprised if, once again, they do have some money saved up that if they don't, you know, maybe kick the tires on a treader or somebody uh, in that same uh, same conversation. Just because it, because it's Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady right. is still on this team. He may be missing on vacation wherever he is. He still has an influence. And if he feels like yep. uh, he's not the one and they don't have it on this roster, don't be surprised. And, 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 the, and the Bucks have not been afraid to make trades either, so don't be surprised if they were to trade for somebody here in the next week or so sure. that's on another roster for a, for a pick next year or for another – or for an we have an abundance of wide receivers. Maybe the Bucks package one of the wide receivers and a lineman for another lineman from another team. Something like that wouldn't shock me as well coming out of the Bucks front office. Well, look at what's happening with the Cleveland Browns right now. They're down to, like, their third-string center because both of their centers are out for the year. Uh, so they're in big trouble. That may be a team. Yep. You know, by the way, J.C. Treader was their center yeah, right. at some point. So you would think that maybe they give him a call. Maybe they don't. But, boy, you just don't want to get into that situation, right? You don't want to depend on second and third string guys. I know you 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 draft that way with depth. But yep. if you got to do that for a long period of time, Trouble. Uh, there trouble. could be some, yes, some big time trouble. Absolutely. Again, I, th I think Shaq Mason will be fine at guard. I think Stinney will do a good job. I think Stinney's shown, he's shown some consistency. Is he the left he, guard? What? Is he the left guard in your opinion? I think so, yeah. I think he's the left guard. Okay. Yeah, I think Stinney and Shaq are your guards. Hainsey's probably getting the first shot at center. I and hear again, Leverett. I hear Leverett. That's the it, guy. It may be, and I may be wrong. I'm just, but, you know. That's a good on the sports web a long time ago. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Not bad. All right, promote yourself while we're at this pivot point in the podcast. Yeah, it's the evolution of sports talk television on Monday and Wednesday nights on Amped Up Sports The Hub and I Love St. Pete. It's the sports web. I'm your host, Peter Blake. We say three things on that show. Bring your passion, bring your excitement. Just don't bring any nonsense. And Peter and I are working on some uh, on a, on a venue potentially for some for our pregame and postgame Bucks coverage 
for you know before week one starts and all that. They're like, remember we were at Duckies last year, so we're working on a location. Maybe Duckies again. We'll see, but we're working on some options about potentially hosting some more uh, pre and post game stuff. So we will let you know. Check us out on social media. I'm at J Post Sports uh, at Twitter. Peter, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, I think it's uh, P Blake one zero zero three at the sport. Uh, Find us on YouTube. Go to our uh, YouTube. Find us on YouTube, the YouTube channels. All find the sports web. It's all over the place. The Peter's a rock star. YouTube, Peter H. Blake on Facebook. Go to Amped Up Sports. Go to I Love St. Pete. There are plenty of places to see uh, not only your work, but my work. All right. So we're going to wrap up the podcast. We're going to talk about some Buccaneers of, of previous generations that have come out of nowhere to make the team late round draft picks that have turned out to be really, really good players in the NFL for both the Bucks and other teams, Super Bowl champions, major contributors. So I'm going to let you start with the first name. You name us a couple guys that we've dug up over the Bucks history that have had great careers as late round undrafted players. All right, let's go with LeGarrette Blunt, 2010. Yeah. Undrafted at the time, so much hype, of course, uh, that was kind of nullified, if you will, when he punched the player from Boise State. Uh, so he went undrafted, made the team, of course, had a tremendous career. Even the first year for the Bucks, I believe he rushed for a, over a thousand yards. I mean, yeah. he had some good, unbelievable highlights, good runs there against Green Bay. I remember one one game in particular, Arizona doing yep. the hurdle. He's done that in the past. So that was one of the players I thought about. How about Michael? Real quick, let me real quick. I'm blunt. Yeah. He was he was cut by the Titans initially, then the Bucks picked him up in training camp. So, you know, good job by of scouting by the personnel department. He's got six degrees of separation from Tom Brady. He played on a couple of Brady's Super Bowl championship teams in New England at the towards the later, and he was a major contributor. I think he had four touchdowns in a playoff game one time for the Patriots, one of their Super Bowl years. I think you're right about that. Uh, what he was known for was being with the Bucks and Greg Schiano, of course, uh, the Schiano regime getting rid of him. <laughs> uh, uh, he couldn't answer the alarm clock, uh, so they eventually cut him. Yes. And of course, he went on to do better things, great things with Pittsburgh, the Patriots. Yeah. New England, yep. Next. Yep. Next. Michael, Michael Bennett, 2009. Wow. Uh, here's a player at the time, and I remember uh, a, a guy by the name of Steve White, who used to play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I used to be in radio at 10, 10 a.m. He used to absolutely tell me beyond a shadow of a doubt that Michael Bennett at that point was the best pass rusher on this team. Of course, he showed out and then eventually went on to better things after he left the bucks the bucks and mark dominic should have never let him go but the story was didn't uh, pay him well they didn't want to pay him but also he had a shoulder injury it didn't seem like it affected him with the seattle Seahawks yeah right or the bears or any other teams he played for he was a uh, he was a part of that legion of boom in seattle yes during that run yes and just imagine all those years the bucks searching for a pass rusher they had one couldn't pay him uh, that guy comes to mind. All right, I'm going to give you a couple names. A couple kickers from back in my day. Michael Husted, 1993. Whoa. Played, played a long time in the NFL. Had a lot of game-winning moments with the Buccaneers. Played for the uh, some, a couple other teams. Husted was a guy that played a while. Steve Christie. Remember Steve Christie, 1990. Well, was played, he before? 
Michael Husted and yes, and then they went out and signed the Dallas kicker, and that didn't necessarily work out, so they went with Husted, correct? Chris Boniol was the Dallas kicker, who's now the who's now the kicking coach for the Buccaneers. Okay, Chris <laughs> Boniol, in all seriousness, Christie was a kicker out of William and Mary, made the team as a rookie in 1990, first team All Pro in 1990, only stayed with the Buccaneers two years. Bucks don't sign them. Let him go to Buffalo. He's part of that championship run with the Bills in the mid-90s to all those Super Bowls. He was also a first-round draft pick in the Canadian Football League. First-round pick as a kicker. And was he not also a part of that one of the greatest comebacks of all time where the Bills win, what, Yes. the 38? Yes, kick the game winner. Kick the game winner. And the Houston or, I mean – Kickers all around the place that the Bucks got rid of making winning kicks for other teams. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you another one. Yes. Shelton Quarles, 1997. Whoa. Okay. He was undrafted. A again glue kind of guy. Great glue player. Teamed up with all those guys in the 90s. Brooks, Sap, and all those guys. Works for the organization now. He was a guy that came out of nowhere. Nobody knew who this guy was, and had a tremendous NFL career. Hmm. All right. I got one for you. How about Carl, the truth Williams, 1996 out of Texas A&M Kingsville. Yes. Is that what it was? Yes. Uh, became uh, not only a productive wide receiver in the Tony Dungy era, but also a special teams kick player. returner, kick return, punt return. Guru, yes. He was a fan favorite back in the day. Yes. The truth. I love it. Who came up with the nickname? Who gave him the truth, the nickname? I, I thought it was the tooth at the time. No, the truth. The oh, well, truth. It's, somebody said it was the tooth, and then they said it was the <laughs> truth. <laughs> Donald Penn. Yep. 2006. I mean, good offensive lineman that came out of nowhere, right? Uh, played some years with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Raiders. Uh, yeah, yeah. He played. He had, he had a great career. I mean, left tackle too at a premium position. It was undrafted free agent out of uh, Gruden. Gruden brought on board. Gruden found him. Left tackle played ten years at least in the league. Very good career. So that's that's another guy. Two more. Two more guys, and we'll get and, and we'll wrap it up. Back in the day, nineteen seventy nine, the glory days. Twelfth round draft pick, David Logan, nose tackle. Oh. My God, because uh, you remember talking about all these Bucks players, especially 96, the Bucks weren't on TV. So you had Gene Deckerhoff, you had David Logan, and that's where you knew him from. And then you always heard the stories from the 70s, of course, him uh, taking back a touchdown and how athletic he was and gifted he was. So he scored a touch. He scored a touchdown. I believe it was either 80 or 81 against the Detroit lions that clinched the division. It was either a fumble return or an interception. He scampered about 40 yards for a touchdown, which turned out to be the clincher for the, for the bucks to win the division in the old silver dome. Gotta love it. And he was a local sports guy here in Tampa for many years as a sportscaster he tragically died of a heart attack in like in his early fifties. So, I mean, he's been, he's been passed away for several years, but I mean, just a great guy, great community guy, great professional and a great media guy. Amazing color commentator. Yeah. Because look kids, it's not so easy to do this broadcasting thing. And when you're on the radio and you're in a blackout situation and the bucks are not good, he made it exciting to listen to that game. I not only listened for Gene Deckerhoff, I listened for David Logan. No, you're right. He did a really good job. Really good, good job. Stuff. But remember him, 
and Jesse the Body Ventura. Who yes. Remember that? I Jesse remember. I remember very well. Yes. Jesse and people. This was when Jesse was still in his heyday of his wrestling stuff. Right. He, he did a pretty good job with the Buccaneers. He did. On the, on the, on the radio call. He yes. wasn't just a schlub in the booth. He did a good job with the, with, with the call working with Gene, you know, and Frank Kersey back in the day. I mean, he did a good job. I, I, I mean, I was impressed with Jesse the body. He then went on to become governor, you know, of Minnesota. I mean, so he, Jesse, the, Jesse had a great post-wrestling career. Oh, absolutely. And I would, I don't understand why the XFL didn't pick up on him right away. I mean, did he, was he involved with the XFL? Yeah, he was. He was. Okay. Well, for a little bit. I mean, for a brief, yeah, the brief time. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't, but couldn't duplicate that success. I just remember that seat. I believe it was 1990. And it was Gene. It was uh, Jesse. Fran Kersey. I thought it was Al Keck. No, I don't think I, I, we, Keck might have been Jesse worked two years. I think my, one year might have been Keck, and I thought one year was Fran Kersey. But I may be guess who would know that our buddy Paul Stewart would know that's that. Why you got to go to BuckPower.com. Exactly. Look that kind of stuff up. I mean, exactly. We're thinking, we think we know. We think we know. And was it Chris Bonio or was it was it a guy by the name of Willis? You're right. You you might be right there too. Might have been Ken Willis. Ken Willis might have been the guy for the Cowboys, but I, yes, I, I am completely ridiculous with Dude, that's, uh, no. That's that's quality. That's a quality knowledge right there, and that's why Buck Power has every roster every year, every draft pick, audio. I guarantee he has audio of Jesse the Body calling uh, calling some clip back in the day. So BuckPower.com, your place for all things Buck history. And look, Paul, that season wasn't great, but if you have those radio calls from that year, even though they lost a lot of those games, they were absolutely entertaining. I mean, I'm falling asleep in my father's car listening to these games. Jesse, uh, because it was bad, but early on, you know, it was just very entertaining. With it was. The- it was great. Very entertaining. And then David Logan, just always like i i just i just remember the bucks coming up with tony dungy and him saying you know this crowd this is like the temple of doom and this <laughs> and when you get a defensive guy that gets passionate about it i mean you can hear in his voice he takes you there that's what you got to do as a broadcaster you can't be all cookie cutter and all this other stuff you got to take somebody there and i remember just being a kid feeling like i was at the stadium you know, and I don't, I don't feel like that anymore because you're watching TV and you watch the broadcast and like that. At that point, that's all you had, so you got taken there. And I felt like I was there at Tampa Stadium uh, most of the time because Raven James said it wasn't around by then. And Logan, and Logan was an underrated player. He, he had a he had a seven or eight good, really good year career with the Bucks. He was there in '79 when they went to the title game. Obviously, he went. He was there during the early '80s with Doug Williams when they won the division a couple times. So I mean, he was a valuable player on that defense back in the early '80s. And again, great guy off the field as well. But Peter, we've used up a lot of time, which is great for the Buck fans. We appreciate you guys. Remember, find us at No Quarter Given. We're, we'll, our our podcast will be on. Will be linked at BuckPower.com as well, as well as your. Uh, Podcast platforms, Apple, Stitcher, Google, find us, subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear you. Tell other Buck fans about this podcast. We're here for you guys. We're trying to provide you data, reviews, analysis for the previous games, this week's game. Paul Stewart's going to have, again, a historical tribute to every opponent every week kind of deal. 
So he's going to give you a great five or six minutes of audio clips, analysis, and all that stuff. So this is your place for Bucks coverage. We'll be here previewing the week one Dallas Cowboy game here in a couple of weeks. But again, for Peter Blake, tell us what you what we you gonna be you gonna be in depth watching these games the next two weeks? Oh, you know I will. I'll be watching them and we'll be coming on this podcast and coming on other shows and talking about it with my tag team partner of the world here, Mr. Jason Powers. Uh, qu- all right, I gotta make one request as we go into 2022 now. Yes. We gotta retire the Ukrainian music, the intro music. <laughs> We got to retire the Ukraine, the, the, the Russian, the Ukraine national anthem on my intro. We got to find a new intro. Why is that funny to me? Why, why, <laughs> every time you come on, I feel like Ivan Drago is going to come out. The Nikolai Volkov intro music from WWF circa 1984. Nice. <laughs> All right, Buck fans, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. No quarter given podcast. Have a great week. Join us again soon for another preview of a scallywag buccaneer foe when we come back with another no quarter given podcast. And make sure for the best in historical buck coverage, you go to buckpower.com. And as always, keep listening to the buckpower.com podcast network.